Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hey, hey, welcome back, Maximizers. This is Maximize Your Influence Podcast 278. Kurt Mortensen here, back from San Francisco, doing a seminar out there on maximizing your influence. Yeah, that city is not as clean as it used to be, and you can't walk the streets with the constant smell of marijuana. I noticed that for the first time. I mean, I've noticed it before, but it was really prevalent this time. So I don't know if it was just a trip or the convention in town or what was going on, but it was pretty bad. But I'm going back to San Francisco downtown this week to do a three-day power negotiation boot camp. Hope everyone's doing well. Appreciate all the love and support in the emails at Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's also the website, MaximizeYourInfluence.com for your Persuasion IQ, the free book Maximum Influence, and the link to InfluenceUniversity.com that has the archives of all the podcasts. Remember, the archives are free, but it's also home of the advanced training programs and videos. There's my shameless plug. MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Let's get into it. Let's go. Let's talk about the blunder. Homer? Don't, don't, don't. Yeah, this was actually at the San Francisco airport. Rushing to the airport, trying to get on the airplane, want to get something to eat, and this restaurant's name was the Dog Patch. Yeah, the food looked okay, but really, you're going to name your restaurant the Dog Patch? Is you eating dog? You hanging out with dogs? You know, I'm not a dog hater or a lover, I guess, but it's just a bad association trigger. I know 10 points for creativity, but I don't think so. And so I thought about that, and I actually Googled to find out other restaurants that have breaking the rules. Now, I think there's times to be creative and fun. I know there's one we've talked about on the show before, the Heart Attack Cafe. I believe that's in Arizona. A fun way of looking at it, it was a hamburger place. Uh, there's a Chinese one here in Ireland called Soon Fat. Probably not a good thing. One in the Philippines called the KKK. Yeah, you got to be careful. I guess you get away without the Philippines, but yeah. Here's one near Boston called Poopsies. Okay. And there's a lot of ones doing with crabs and getting crabs, but we won't go into that one. Well, I don't know if this one's a bad one or not. Tequila, like the drink, Tequila Mockingbird. I guess that's more of a creative thing, although I don't know how many people actually get that. Here's another one near Boston, the Poo Poo Hot Pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure this is going to be a good one for kids or maybe even adults. Frying Nemo fish and chips, you know, like the Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, don't think so. The Harry Monk, maybe, maybe not. Uh, yeah, Ooh, uh, the chocolate log, I'll let you think about that one. A lot of these Chinese ones have sexual metaphors. I'm sure they didn't do it on purpose, but we don't need to go into those. The golden stool, that's in London, all right. On one in Abu Dhabi, I'll have to go visit next time I'm there. The butt sweet house, B-U-T-T, -T. I'm not sure what they're selling. It looks like pastries, actually. 
Butt cake? Bunt cake? I'm not sure what they're doing there. So that's true for naming your company, naming your website, naming your restaurant. You don't want to make the wrong association trigger. Like the one I saw, the other mother daycare. You know, again, 10 points for creativity, but that's just a bad trigger there. Remember, most persuasion involves that subconscious trigger. It's already hard enough to drop off your kids now. It's the other mother or the cigarette company that did the horoscope cigarette but soon realized one of the months would be cancer. Yeah, you got to be careful of your words and your word choice. So that is the blunder of the week. Now it's time for the geeky article. This comes from the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology and our friends at the University of Notre Dame. How do you appear more confident but not arrogant? I've talked about this in our trust series before that there is a fine line between confidence and arrogance. You think you're confident, they think you're arrogant, but once you cross that line, you lose trust, you lose the connection, you lose the friend, and nobody likes you. So we like confident people, but we hate arrogant people, but there is overlap. So the study finds that when a person expresses confidence non-verbally through the use of eye contact, gesturing, adopting an expansive posture, or speaking in a strong voice, the individual can enjoy social benefits of expressing confidence while simultaneously reducing the risk of being punished for arrogance. So they did a series of experiments where they had people meet different people, different collaborators, different advisors, and as they met these people, they had to choose people that they trusted and wanted to work with. So the participants in the study preferred the confident candidates. Well, duh. <laughs> Well, of course they're going to choose the confident one, but let's take a deeper look at this with Dr. Meikle. Hope we got that one right. The key finding as we go through this is that the confidence was displayed non-verbally, meaning if you really truly want confidence, it needs to come in your body language. You don't need to tell them that you're the expert, that you're confident. It needs to come through your body language. So the more you do with your body language and they can see it non-verbally, you're going to come across more confident than if you try to show them your confidence with your words. So the way they gauged that, let's review this again. Eye contact, that's a big one. Are you wearing sunglasses? That could hurt. Are you looking at them too much? Remember, 100% eye contact means you're either angry or falling in love. That's not going to help in this situation. Universally around the world, probably around 70%. That's going to depend on culture and personality. But you need to have good eye contact, which is getting harder and harder to find just because people aren't used to it with all the media they go through. The gestures. So probably on that, looking at gestures and, and teaching public speaking is that you want open gestures. You don't want to be making fists. You don't want to be folding your arms or even putting your arms across your chest. The old fig leaf. Those type of things can reduce confidence. That's a big one. So your hand gestures are good, but you want to bring your hands back down to your side so you don't have a barrier between you and the audience. That can hurt the confidence. It also is adopting an expansive posture. I'm sure that means open. Maybe you're taking up more space because when people lie or become deceptive, low self-esteem, sometimes they tend to take up less space. That's probably what that means. Strong voice. That makes sense. Verbal packaging, rate, volume, inflection is also going to help or hurt your confidence. Being a good listener, asking good questions, becoming a consultant to the salesperson is also going to help in this category. So that is our geeky article of the week from the University of Notre Dame in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology.
So let's get into some more content here coming from last week's seminar. One of the questions from a participant named Philip. His biggest issue is how do you influence up? How do you influence the site? How do you influence somebody that you have no control over? Maybe somebody in another company, somebody in another department, somebody that you're not the boss. I mean, when you're the boss, it's easy. But how do you influence up? How do you influence to the side? How do you influence without authority? Well, that's a three-day seminar, but let me give you some tools that'll help get you there. Now, the biggest thing we need to tackle here is understanding power. Yes, I'm talking about power. Because what happens when somebody influences up or to the side, when they don't feel like they have power, they feel powerless, they act powerless, they are powerless, and they're not going to be persuasive. Remember, power increases your ability to persuade and influence. A police officer's gun, a military uniform, those are all forms of power. And we got to be careful here with power, because when you're the boss, the CEO, you have power. You have what we call authority power. And that's not what we're talking about here, because you don't have authority power when you're influencing up to the side. That's easy. Well, okay, easier, where you're the boss, you need to do this, that type of thing, and you don't have that in this situation. And title power could be part of that. You know, CEO, Esquire, vice president. If you're in a bank, there's, what, 500 vice presidents for every bank. They're kind of notorious for that. You need to sit down before you influence up. And first thing you got to ask yourself, okay, what could be causing resistance? That's the first thing. you got to map that there. Any persuasive situation so you're prepared and have the right tools ready to roll. But you got to sit down and brainstorm your power. What is the power that you have? Again, we're not talking about the authority power, the title power. We're talking about other forms of power. And power is neutral, just like gravity. It's neither good nor bad. It's there. You can use it for great good. You can use it to destroy people. Because people get a little nervous sometimes when we talk about power. But power is a great thing. Remember, power increases your ability to influence, especially when you influence up or to the side. One form of power is your relationship. Right? Your relationship with the person's a form of power. Just do it for me. I mean, that might be all you need. Or maybe pull someone in that has the relationship, or that can endorse you, that can recommend you, that can introduce you, that can put a good word in for you. That is a form of power. Trust and credibility is another form of power. Do they trust you? Do you know you? Do you have a reputation around the company? Are you credible? Do you have a lot of experience? That is another form of power. We all know that knowledge is a form of power. When you're influencing up to the side, wherever, another company, you have knowledge power. You know more than 99% of the people about what you do. This is your area of expertise. Act like it. Not in an arrogant way, but act like it. You're the expert. You know more than the CEO about your area and what you do. You know more than another department manager or another person. Act that way. You are the expert. Feel like the expert that will give you power. Another form of power we talked about with our article today is confidence. The way you sit, the way you interact, the way you handshake, your eye contact, that gives you power. And along with that, I'm going to add passion. When you're passionate about what you're talking about, you care. You're a product of the product. You walk the walk. You're the type of person you're asking them to be whatever it is. That increases your power and your ability to persuade. Charisma, one of my favorite words, right? When I research laws of charisma, charisma is a form of power. When you're charismatic and have that passion and that purpose and have that inner charisma that's translating to outer charisma, 
that gives you power. People want to be around you. They believe you. They want to be influenced you. That is a form of power. Esteem is a form of power. Using praise, putting in a good word into the CEO or to another person about the meeting, about what happened. If you can boost the esteem, that is also another form of power. Fear, yeah, that's a form of power. That's not going to be your best tool, but is fear something you need to use as far as if we don't fix the problem, the challenge, the situation, bad things are going to happen, the company's going to go under. Using fear could in some scenarios be okay. I'm going to say mindset. Your mindset, your thoughts, your beliefs, your attitude, that's all part of your demeanor and how you act. That's part of your power. Even reward is a form of power. You're not the best one where you just give something to somebody for doing something. Here's your reward. It has diminished returns. They're always going to expect the reward. Just like college students, you give them these fun puzzles, and they just play and play and play with them. They love them until you pay them to play with them. Now, once you've rewarded them, they're not going to do them again unless you pay. And final one I'm going to add is your parents. If you're going to influence up, dress up. In fact, one study shows that if you want to get promoted up, you start wearing what they're wearing up because the way you dress not only shows them a lot about you and your confidence and your power, but you also feel differently. And getting customer service agents to dress up, they act differently, they feel differently. And we talked about a podcast a few weeks ago that one of the worst days on a high school is dress-up day when they dress up on, down on the negative side, people act up more. And the reverse is true. When you dress up, you act differently, you feel differently, and you have more power. So once you've done that, go through that and identify the power you have because you have power. So A, you're not going to feel powerless. You can use that power. But it also brain, the second thing you need to go through is what do you have to exchange? If your power is not pulling as much as you want it to, you go to phase two was what do we have to exchange? And it turns more into more of a negotiation. What can you give them in exchange for what you want from them? Hey, I'll loan you two people for my team if you do this. I'll extend your warranty for a year if you do it in two weeks. So exchange is something that you can do to persuade. It can be anywhere from resources, you know, people, budget, time. Maybe there's something that you can do better for them. Maybe get the report done sooner. Maybe get someone on their team to help them with a certain project. Maybe there's information that they need. Maybe they need help persuading someone else. They need to borrow your credibility or people that you know, people that you can introduce them to. Maybe they want your parking spot. (laughs) Maybe they need help with certain skills like speaking or learning PowerPoint or Excel. Maybe they want to be part of a new team, a new committee. Sometimes it's just gratitude. Sometimes it's just a thank you. That would be your next step. What do you have to exchange here? I wouldn't start with that, but it's always good to have in mind things that they want from you. You already know what you want for them because you're there to persuade them. What can you give them to sweeten the deal? Now, a couple things to be cautious here. Remember, you don't have that authority. You're not the boss. Be careful of esteem. Now, I mentioned esteem is power. When you can boost someone's self-esteem, it gives you power, increases likability, helps with trust. But too many times when we influence up or to the side, we bruise the self-esteem. I see this in corporations all the time, where you go to someone else's department and tell them what they should do, what they need to change, what they need to fix. Hello, their department, you're stepping on toes. You got to take a different approach. 
hey, can I get your thoughts? What's your opinion? What's your advice? What would you do? Here's the challenge. You're the expert. This is your area. And I guarantee they're going to come up with the same thing you were going to tell them or something better because they're closer to it and you don't have to step on toes and you don't have to destroy their self-esteem. It's such an easy technique. What are your thoughts? What are you else doing? Hey, company XYZ did this. What are your thoughts on that? And I heard 90% of the people use this software. How do you feel about that? And salespeople do the same thing. They step on toes. They show that they're the expert. They make people feel dumb with the questions they ask. I mean, they don't do it on purpose, but that's the same type of thing. Bruising esteem, hurting somebody's ego. And the whole foundation here is you've identified what's in it for them. What's in it for the team? What's in it for the company? I mean, those are the things you need to be talking about to really get in their shoes and understand how you persuade them. And one other final safety tip here, especially when you influence up to someone that has an authoritative personality, they're the boss or the manager, the CEO, they make the decisions, they're the smart one. It happens. People have these inflated egos, and so you come in and tell them what to do. Not only is it an esteem thing, but you're going to get resistance. Now, here's a solution to this. When you go into a situation like that, provide options. Let them feel like they're choosing. Let me explain. Elderly lady was told to take her medication by her doctor with her breakfast. Wouldn't do it. Kids try to convince her wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. I mean, this is important medication. Finally, the kids took her to another doctor, and the doctor says, you want to take this with you or breakfast or dinner? She's like, mm, dinner. And she chose. And the secret is the doctor didn't care. It didn't matter, but she wanted to feel autonomous. She wanted to choose. Your teenagers, you want to dig out the trash or do the dishes? You don't care. Choose one. But they feel like they're choosing. They don't feel like they're backed in the corner and being told what to do. So rule number one with options, let them choose and make sure they all win for you. So rule number one with options, they all win for you. You don't care what they choose. Rule number two, no more than two. I'll let you have three, but no more than two or three options Otherwise, their brains will explode. How many perfumes can you smell before you don't know what you're smelling, right? Or the mutual fund advisor says, here are the 77 mutual funds that fit your needs. Uh, can't handle that. Brain can't do that. Or they had all these jams at the supermarket that they were promoting. They had 16 of them to test out to see which one you wanted. And it hurt sales. But when they had three, it increased sales. So remember, they all win for you in two to three options. They feel like they're choosing. That is something that's very, very important. Let me add one final thing here. When you're influencing up, and this is your pet project, this is your big sale, whatever it is, you're influencing up and you're sensing they're having a bad day, they're done with you, and they're going to say no, don't let them say no. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the no is refreshing. Let's move on. It's not going to happen. But if this is your big thing and you don't want that no, don't let them say no, you need to backpedal before the no comes and say, hey, I want to do some more research. Let's revisit this next month or next week. I want to do this, this, and this, and find out these numbers, and then we'll revisit this. And so you can turn that maybe into a yes, which is much easier than a no into yes. There are other techniques and tools that you can use, but that's where you need to start when you influence up. So that was the question of the week. And Philip, you get free access to InfluenceUniversity.com. Because I used your question on the show. Remember, send your questions to Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. 
rude remarks, jokes, bad experiences, whatever you want. Just reach out, say hi. Love to read your email. Appreciate you being here. Remember, recommend the podcast to your friends, family, enemies. We're on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, all under Maximize Your Influence. Thanks for being here. Thanks for mastering these skills. I know we should have learned these in school. Tell others the importance of persuasion and influence. Work on identifying your power this week and go out and persuade with power. 